Welcome to Conversations Live. For more than a decade, we've brought you the best in books, entertainment, celebrity interviews, and current events. When the movers and shakers of the world have something to say to you, they say it to us first. Here's your host, Cyrus Webb. Welcome back, everyone, to Conversations Live. I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Glad you all could join us once again. But for our radio audience here in Mississippi at WYAD 94.1 FM and WYADonline.com, we're glad that you all could join us. Also, it's tuning in through our online affiliates around the world, including our friends at Blog Talk Radio, iHeartRadio, and Amazon Music. We're glad you all could be with us as well. Well, as you guys know, we're celebrating National Book Month during the entire month of October. And I have a first-time guest for Conversations Live today. We're excited to welcome author Colette R. Harrell to our program. Colette is a storyteller that wrote a book that I had a chance to read. I'll be reviewing it this week. It's called Later. We're going to talk to Colette not only about her writing journey, but also what it's been like for her to craft these characters, to see the response from readers. And of course, if you guys are just finding out about Later, we'll let you know how to get your own copy of the book as well. Colette, hello to you and welcome to the program. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, the pleasure is definitely all mine, Colette. Again, uh, this is a big month for, for authors, uh, it being National Book Month. We're glad that we could be celebrating you and sharing your messages on our different platforms this month. I want to talk about that first for you, Colette. I introduce you as author Colette R. Harrell. Have you gotten used to being called an author and, and knowing that you have books for the world to read? Absolutely not. I am just thrilled to be in a place where I used to dream about being. You know, when you say, when I started writing my first novel, which was The Devil Made Me Do It, I received a lot of feedback from friends, and it took me about a year to write the first book. And when I engaged people, they would be like, well, where are you in your book? And I'm like, well, I'm still writing. And then the process went to once it was completed well, where are you into selling the book? And I'm like, well, I'm still pitching it. And then once I sold the book and it became published, I still had problems. I was still that person that was writing the book. I couldn't believe that this was something that actually came out of me and was on library bookshelves and was out there for people to read, and it was an amazing feeling And I even now pinch myself because I am doing what I dreamed about doing at a very young age. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think the thing is, and I can say about later, I haven't read your first book, but I did see it, you know, we were talking uh, a little bit earlier. I did see your first book online. So I want to talk about then the progression for you then, Colette, because now as you're celebrating the book Lair, and this book has a lot of good themes. I mean, it's entertaining. It definitely keeps your attention. But there are a lot of things I picked up on. I'm going to, I'm going to mention a couple of them a little bit later. What has it been like for you to see your own growth as a writer? It's amazing. I know I struggled with my first book just in terms of knowing the mechanics of writing. And then in my second book, I progressively, I believe I've gotten better. And I believe in this book and later that I'm telling the tale that I started off to write. You know, sometimes we start off to write something and we want to convey certain things. We want to convey certain ideas, and maybe at the end of it we didn't quite successfully give everything we wanted to, but I think for later I wrote it as tight as I could, and I think the layers and and idealisms that I have in there 
um, definitely bring people a, a full body story, and that's what I wanted to do. So I think my writing has evolved. Let's talk about audience for for a while. I I, I get on uh, people that I work with, uh, Colette, sometimes about knowing the audience because I think a lot of times one of the things that can happen, and, and it can happen for any industry, right? But we all we we want to try to touch everyone. When realistically, we can't touch everyone. You know, we're not going to be for everyone. When you were writing later, who was the audience you saw for that book? I really wanted to reach people who wanted to read a really good story. And that was kind of difficult in the fact that we often write romance or we often write historicals or we often write particular genres. And I have a little bit of all of that in this book where I just wanted a layered, good, good story where it wasn't something that if you were young you couldn't pick up and enjoy, but it was also something that as an adult you would have enough going on in that book that you would find yourself there, uh, whether it is uh, fighting against injustice or uh, having that romantic sense of, finding that one that was supposed to be yours all along. So I tried to do a little bit of all of that. And, and in actuality, my characters kind of tell their own story. And so I just kind of followed them along as they pulled me. Got you. Got you. So, okay, so you bring up another interesting point then, Colette. What came first? Was it the characters for you and later, or was it the situations the characters found themselves in? It was the situation the characters found themselves in. I kind of threw some things against the wall in those what ifs. Mm. And then as I began to outline, because I'm not an outline, I'm usually a pantser. So as I began to try to outline and see if I could be more methodical in my writing, the characters began to take shape and their personalities began to pull me in different directions. And then I began to allow them to tell their own story. Gotcha. And that's what we're able to see. We're going to dive more into that. I want to say for those who are just tuning in, though, either on the radio side or online, you're listening to Conversations Live. We're excited to welcome author Colette Orharel to our program. As I mentioned earlier, Colette's making her first appearance on Conversations Live here. We're talking with her about her storytelling journey and her newest book I had a chance to read called Later. So I want to get into the, the, some of the themes. And again, I'm going to talk around this. Uh, Colette, I don't want to spoil it for anyone. I hate it when people do that. Uh, so I don't want to be that person that spoils anything. But there there were a couple of things that stood out to me in this book, and they do tie into the title, which we'll get into the title more later, um, semi-pun there. But (laughs) so the first thing that comes up that, that we see in the conversations with the family for me, Colette, is the idea that I think all of us here in 2022 realize is that, you know, we have to be careful about what we say because once it's said, it's said. Uh, as one of your characters say, once you know, once a stallion is out, it, it's it's out there. You know what I'm saying? What was that right. like for you to play with the idea of the power of our words, and and the 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 pain that can be inflicted by the words we use? You know, I read something before I started writing of this particular book, and it was about the power of our words, which I've always believed, um, and 
it was talking about when you speak negatively, when you say things to hurt people, you can put a nail in the wood. And every time you say something harsh, a nail goes in the wood. But when you go back and you take the nail out, in other words, you say, I'm sorry, you try to take back what you said, when you look at every nail you took out, the holes remain. And that was so vivid for me. And so it's a cautionary tale to watch what you say because many things that you speak to people about can actually wound them far longer than the time it took you to say it. And I also wanted these characters to not be perfect. I wanted the sibling relationship and the familiar relationship not to be perfect because, of course, we find out who we are first within the confines of the families we're raised in. And I and so I kind of wanted to show how that shaped and how even in that shaping we can hold secrets that other people in the family don't necessarily know about or not aware of. And so that's kind of where that came from in me wanting to tell that part of their character and that part of their personalities. And I think that that is the the thing, and and I think too, you know, we're able to see in even in the the relationships, like with Sylvia and Zachary, you know, the frustrations that are there, and, and I think it kind of goes to this idea too, Colette, of all that glitters is not gold, right? And and I think what I love that you've done in this book later too is you've kind of taken away some of the stereotypes. Typically, of course, you know it's us guys that are you know seen as the the bad ones, one out here doing this and that. In the case of Zachary and, and Sylvia, what was that? Again, you can talk around it if you'd like to. What was it like for you to kind of play with their dynamics of what they were dealing with in their relationship? I actually had a lot of fun with them because Zachary is this person. Um, and, and, again, in trying not to tell the whole story, but Zachary is this person who was raised in a very well-rounded home, but he's also a dreamer. And so I don't believe he married who he thought he married. He married who he envisioned. Yeah. So we kind of give people these narratives that they might not necessarily live up to, but they don't necessarily understand that it's been crafted for them, and they have the script in your head that they're supposed to follow. So when that doesn't happen, what does that fallout look like? And so for Sylvia, who uh, was raised a certain way and didn't have the advantages and privileges that Zachary was raised with, what is it like for her who finally gets some type of security how does she try to hold on to that, and how does she manipulate to make sure she doesn't go back to who she used to be? And so just these two people um, going around and around in circles and trying to make each other be who they needed but not necessarily who they married. Yeah. And and with that being said, I mean, again, there are so many cliches that fit this book. Uh, Colette, you know, appearance being de- deceiving. Is uh, one of the main characters, I want to make sure I'm pronouncing her name correctly. I didn't ask you before. Is it pronounced Sari? Yes. Yes. So Sari is a great. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So um so so she is, is another example and again I'll talk around it that you know, things are not always as they appear to be, right? And there's this powerful right. conversation that you wrote. I actually want to read a bit of this from Sari's father. And 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 I and I thought this was something interesting because I think a lot of parents can relate to this. It, it's found in, in chapter twenty three, so I want our audience to make a note of that. And and this is this is what what her father says to her and and I think it's it's such an interesting thing. He says, never had much control over anything. Most I've done as a father is help you run when running was all we could do. And Junie helped with that figuring. Couldn't have pride in much because much was never given to me. But I thought I knew my children. Thought if danger was near, I would at least be someone you could come to. Now I've woken up to the truth I didn't know I needed. Um, and so I, w- I want to talk about that because there is a point, right, where parents will try to do all they can but the but the child, the adult in this case, um, makes makes decisions sometimes um, on their own. Talk to us about that dynamic of that. I mean, what was that like for you to? Because I think a lot of people can relate to that, right? I mean, there's so many people who want to do all they can for their children, you know, to protect them, uh, to be there for them. But what was it like for you to realize or to have the characters realize, Colette, um, the the limitations they have even on that? I think for most of our audience that is listening, especially if you're a parent, I am a parent of adult children. And some of the conversations that we have that I had no, absolutely no knowledge of from their youth is, can be very eye-opening and kind of staggering in, in terms of how did I not know that. And yeah. so as they become adults and we have adult conversations on a friendship level versus the power structure that they were raised under, um, I began to learn who they really are as people, not who I saw them as, my little girl or my little boy. And so then to have these honest conversations, some of the things that they share with me, I wish that I could have known then and could have reacted differently or responded differently. And so I wanted to put that in because here you have someone during a time where they had no power. Then to find out that the little power they thought they had within the home was really not something that they did have. It was a figment of their imagination. And so I wanted him to say, wow, I I at least thought I would be someone that you guys could come to not understanding that there were dynamics going on, and I know we're kind of talking around the story, not to give it all away, but yeah. but not knowing there were dynamics going on that I had no control over and no knowledge. Yeah, for me that was eye opening for John. And and I and I think too the other thing about this book is that you're able to give us um, some some lessons in here as well. Uh, you know, there. This book is very timely. COVID nineteen makes an appearance. <laughs> you know, it, it, it the vaccines makes an appearance in this book. But then, you know, there there's also the reference, you know, to Henrietta Lacks, you know, as well. I mean, what was that like for you to kind of bring some truth into fiction? I think that's so important. I think a lot of I'm I'm an avid reader. I don't think we can write if we don't read. 
And I think a lot of the books that I have read, and they're mostly fiction because I love fiction, have taught me so much. So I want to do that for the people who read my books. I want to put in information that I've researched and give them those nuggets that I was given over the years. And so then when I'm writing fiction, I would like to have facts in there. I would like to mention the first black mountaineer that um, was in Colorado. I would like to mention Henrietta Lacks, that, that modern medicine is based on her sales. So I would like to give some of that and then even some hope in terms of what justice could look like in this world that has some fantasy woven through it, but in terms of how they get justice, there's such a twist in that for those of us who have, you know, watched the news and watched people try to get justice in certain instances, even the Lack family not being able to get what they deserve. I wanted to yeah. give them, I wanted to give our readers that justice. And I have to say, the character that surprised me the most, uh, Colette, and, and I want to tell our audience, I know Colette is thinking, he actually read my book. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I, I, love Colette, it. I, I get have it all the, the most time. interesting conversations. I have the most interesting conversations with people who have read this book, and usually the first thing they ask me was, how did you come up with this? So I am thrilled to talk to you and to hear you talk about it. It's, a, it's fantastic. Go ahead. Well, it's my pleasure. So the last character I want to talk about is Zachary, because Zachary is an interesting one. Uh, and it seems like you gave readers a catch-all with Zachary. Now, this is me saying this from a reader, then we'll talk about what he was like for you. In Zachary, let me tell you what I saw. Zachary became the person that is us in many respects, going online, searching, asking questions. Well, why didn't I hear about this? Is anyone looking for this? You know, uh, that person who's thinking about why is it we have all this medicine instead of cures? What was it like for you to to kind of give us Zachary and to see his role in the book? Well, I think sometimes living a life as a person of color, we kind of, um, we live, you know, we, we live this life among others, right? We become others. And sometimes we have only our own perspective. And I really kind of wanted to try to put myself in his shoes someone that doesn't necessarily have preconceived ideas about who people are and a person who is trying to understand what is really happening in this time in our history and and really kind of being people want to, I hate using the term woke, but kind of becoming woke in the middle of learning so much and then also being so discouraged by knowing this kind of madness is out here. And so then he's kind of coming into his own self in terms of this being interracial, and of course I say that up front, and in terms of, of finding himself in love with someone of color, in love with an African-American woman, and then having to begin to, realize the world is not necessarily a place that is the same for us as it is for him. And why have these injustices gone on? Why don't I know this? And then doing the work, like not necessarily expecting his best friend 
to um, for Bebop to say, hey, this is what, but actually doing the work himself to find out and do the research to say what is really going on out here and then asking the right questions. Yeah, exactly. It is a book that has, as I said at the very beginning, and I think our audience can tell here, Colette, a lot of different layers, and it definitely is an entertaining story. So the last thing is to talk about the title. I said that we were going to come back to that. Um, <laughs> later, I, I think it has so many different meanings as you're reading this. Um, it could be an idea of self-acceptance. It could be an, an idea of love, uh, a, a idea of revelations that come. When you came up with the title, what did you have in mind for it? All of those things, and it was very, okay. very difficult to, with you know, so much is going on in the book, and so it was very difficult to to try to come up with something. And I think it it later speaks to my ladder shall be greater. It speaks to delay but not deny. It speaks mm-hmm. to I might not be self-aware now, but self-awareness is coming. So it it, it 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 speaks to the manifestation of an idea. And yeah. so sometimes we're not living in the now. Sometimes the things we're doing now, we will see the fruit of later. And so all of that, and I know it was very simple, and quite a few people told me they didn't care that much for the title. But I never could get anything else out of it because of the layers in the story. I wanted it to be entertaining, but you kind of hit the nail with the hammer in terms of later speaks to all of those layers and what it means. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what I felt. That's what I felt, again, as a reader. And and I always tell people, I preface it and say, look, uh, I speak from my perspective as a reader. Another uh, a reader may take it and, and get something else, you know. But I, I, for myself, that's definitely what I thought about, and I think that's also should be inspiring because I, it goes to something I say all the time, Colette, and that is that where you are today is not where you have to stay. You know that there there could be greater things for you, uh, and and I love that the characters are able to experience that. So that's what makes it really cool. Well, Colette, I told you uh, this segment would go by fast, and it definitely oh, has, but it definitely has. <laughs> It's been enjoyable. I know. Again, everyone, author Colette or Harrell has been our guest. Later is the book. Uh, On the title, on the cover, it says, Hope, Faith, and Love Sometimes Arrive Later. And you guys definitely see that happen with all three of those, Hope, Faith, and Love. You guys can get the book through our friends at Amazon.com. If you guys are joining us on the radio side on WYAD, we'll make sure that we link that on the Facebook page for you guys to be able to find it there on the WYAD Facebook page. For those joining us uh, on Blog Talk Radio, iHeartRadio, and Amazon Music, you will find the link actually with this broadcast. So make sure you guys just click there. You can be able to order the book for yourself. And Colette, how can our audience stay connected with you? You can stay connected with me on Facebook, Colette Harrell. You can also stay connected with me, and I've been told I need to do better. So, guys, help me do better. Reach out to me on Instagram. Help me be a better social media person because I have work to do. And I, I really appreciate Cyrus saying, hey, you got work to do. And I am going to promise all of you, that I am going to work on it. I'm going to TikTok. I'm going to do something different this week. 
right. All right. All right. I love it. I love that. Hey, so more to come later. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Don't judge me now. Watch me That's later. It. There you go. There you go. Colette, this was a lot of fun. I know we're going to be having other interviews on other platforms. I'm looking forward to actually being able to see you during our next conversation together. Look, it goes without saying, you're welcome back here anytime. I appreciate you so much. Thank you for having me. Hey, glad to do it. And we thank your audience for tuning in to another great segment of Conversations Live. Again, it is National Book Month during the month of October, so we're excited to be welcoming over 50 authors this month, uh, including some New York Times bestsellers. We have some amazing talents that are coming up, uh, some actors and actresses that you guys know who have written books. They're going to be joining us this month. It's going to be a lot of fun, but we're glad we had Colette on with us today to discuss her book later. Definitely one you want to add to your reading list. You can also find it in my Amazon on storefront by going to cyruswebstore.com. That is where we're putting the books that I'm helping to promote during National Book Month. So definitely make sure you guys pick up Colette's book there. Until next time, I'm your host, Cyrus Webb, saying as always, enjoy your day, enjoy your life, enjoy your world. Thank you all for choosing Conversations Live, and let's go make today amazing. Take care. <music>